It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Yes, welcome to another edition of Off The Leash on RSN 927. With thanks to Greyhound Racing Victoria, lots of guests and information to come. You're with Andrew Cues, Andrew Copley and... Uh, is it Molly Haynes or Molly Shaw? I'm not sure. The rundown hasn't changed. Molly, congratulations. You're along in the studio today as a married woman now, but uh, what are we referring to you as? Mrs. <laughs> Shaw or Miss Haynes or what? Oh, look, I'm, st- I'm still deciding at the moment. James and I are in robust discussions about, about it all, but I think it's, um, it might be work, Haynes, and, um, and privately Shaw. We, we, might, we might run with that. Yeah, well, it's been a week now, Molly. Have settled in, all going smoothly. Yeah, no, it was great. Look, it was a phenomenal day, and I it could not have run any better. I had the the time of my life, and we even got to sneak in um, my old dog Tonka, Tonka Truck. So he managed to sneak in just after the ceremony for a photo with with the big group of people. So um, I think that was a highlight for me having the truck there. There were many highlights. It was a great day, <laughs> and um, yeah, everyone had a ball. So thank yeah. you for the invitation. Oh, I'm glad you could come. Congratulations. Uh, we'll no doubt keep uh, track of how things are going for you. Have you had an argument at all in your first week yet or not? Or- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet, but um, I'm, I'm sure it'll come. It's just a matter no, of time. <laughs> no, no. A lot of people did see the photos and social media and it was terrific to see the greyhounds involved. So yeah. um, we were wondering if that would happen and... Uh, well done, congratulations. We almost actually um, organised to fly over Zelmar Fever, um, a little greyhound, who is the reason that James and I first met. Um, so we, we almost had her flying over from WA, but the timing just wasn't quite right and we thought, oh, well, my dog's just as good as anything. There you go. All right, uh, let's uh, start off. We might start off by talking about the Murray Bridge Cup. We spoke about this uh, last week because the unique situation here one of the newest greyhound tracks in Australia. We don't talk about new tracks opening uh, that often. And, of course, uh, it was only, well, only opened, uh, what, last year or so? Yeah, it so, was December yeah. last year, yeah. And, um, well, well done to Andrew uh, Paraskevis because uh, I Got It uh, was the winner. And uh, he was a guest on the show just uh, a few weeks ago. Yes, we had him on a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, I believe it was Nervous and Weird and also a bit of a, an injury update on Hungry and Hollow. Um, Nervous and Weird, I believe it was ahead of the Horsham Cup we had him on. I think uh, um, the dog went in almost favourite, um, despite Orson Allen winning. But I got it was a phenomenal performance on Sunday, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, Andrew and, and Jess, who is our general manager's daughter, drove all the way to Murray Bridge and back, you know, claimed the, the the victory and I got it 26 starts, Andrew. We had a discussion about this um, yesterday. The dogs had 26 starts for 21 wins and four minor placings. So only out of the placings, uh, the prize money once in this dog's career. That is a huge effort. It is a huge effort. Not many greyhounds can do that. Not over the years, I can't recall many. I used to think of Brett Lee, Fernando Bale, Miata. They yeah. had those sort of strike rates, but they're, they're few and far between. And when you look at the fact that He's racing over probably the 450 sort of mark most of the time where there's a lot of heat in those races. Uh, It makes it even more special. So um, I think he might be destined for uh, 
a group win. It seems like the next step for I got it. And, um, yeah, we can only hope we've got the Warrnambool Cup coming up by the looks of that for him. Yeah, definitely. I spoke to Andrew after his win and I, I said to him, what is the secret to this consistency? And he just said, I have no idea. I have no idea. So, look, I think, you know, he puts it down to the dog being an ultimate professional. And I think he said he may not be, you know, while they're trialling and, you know, trialling onto the arm, he said he's not the keenest. But when it comes to race day, he knows exactly what he needs to do. And I think that's really, really important in a dog. He obviously knows when to settle and when to be on his game. So he did say, or I did ask him whether the Warnable Cup's on his radar. He did say yes. So he'll probably take him down for a trial to refresh on the track, um, which is a huge part of Andrew's training regime. So May 1 is when the Warnable Cup is happening. So it'll be really interesting to see what dogs go down there because it's usually a fantastic carnival. Mm, It sure is. And look, he's been missing the start a little bit lately, but still managing to win. So huge effort to him. Four Victorians in the race in total with uh, Jessica Sharp having a couple through. Pennyworth running third for her and also uh, Aston Valletta for Ben Di Virgilio. Uh, running unplaced, but a great effort to make the final. Let's talk about the uh, Perth Cup and Galaxy and Cannington. Before we do so, Orson Allen was across in the west and uh, didn't let punters and fans down. Ready, racing. Orson Allen came out flying, also showing speed. Sprite Manelli out wide. Underneath of it was Love Me Tender, then followed by Dusty Mac. Mossimo Bale up on the inside was not available. Then followed by Tanoan Creek. Last of all was What a Crafter, but down the back and Orson Allen shot away. Out by five lengths, Love Me Tender to second. Then followed by Dusty Mac. In behind them was not available. 18-16 off the back. He's flying in track record time. Orson Allen the leader. Out by eight lengths, Love Me Tender works into second. Keep an eye on the clock. Orson Allen goes the line Stops the clock, 29.35, a flying time, second tight. Love me, Tinder, or not available. Orson Allen there, terrific run, Molly. And you do hail from the West. Uh, you know how tough it is to fly back and forwards uh, as a person. But uh, that's a terrific effort because we should never underestimate the tyranny of distance. That ground's been doing a lot of racing recently, but just to go across to the West and settle in and... What a run. No, it was it was a phenomenal effort and congratulations to Corey and Sam Grenfell on getting this dog, you know, up and going as well as they did. But Orson Allen was half a length outside of Quick Jagger's track record, which is a huge effort. And what about Pete O'Neill's call? He is definitely when you're hearing Pete O'Neill, you hear Western Australia, it feels like home and he's a phenomenal race caller. He is, and look, he's um supplied us with some stats too. So the the new Track at Cannington opened in 2016. You mentioned Quick Jagger had the track record, but yeah, also Allen got within half a length of that. That's his first look at the track too. That track record is under serious threat if yeah. he gets his way <laughs> in the final. But just to add to this magnificent performance by Orson Allen, he was actually five lengths quicker than the next fastest heat winner. Yeah. And if you look at the dogs that have made it through, we're talking about Dinah Paddy, a Group 1 winner. We're talking Hecton Bale, Australian Cup winner. We're talking Hastings Slowly, Group 1 winner. Uh, Weston Augie, Group yep. 1 winner, and he was five lengths quicker than all of those dogs. So he is in red-hot form. That is a massive understatement. Oh, absolutely. And um, Campini as well, I know that um, West Australians have a pretty big, pretty big opinion mm. of this greyhound. And I think he was the, the second fastest heat winner. I, I could be close wrong. To it, yeah. Close to the second fastest heat winner. Definitely the, the fastest West Australian um, a heat winner there. But it just kind of proves, I always thought, being a little bit biased, that when you're going over to WA, the home track advantage is is huge, but Orson Allen just blew that out of the water, and I think it's purely to his racing style. When he hits the ground, he hits the ground running, and you know when he's out in front, there is just no doubting. I just don't think anything
think can run Orson Allen down. Um, well, I know, I know there's strong dogs in this race. I know we've got the likes of Dinah Patty and Hasten Slowly, but Orson Allen is just... Oh, if he gets out in front, they won't catch him. Um, I think Victorian trainers are just getting a bit smarter too. I know Corey Grenfell sent um, Orson Allen over on Tuesday, so that gave him a good five days I to prepare. I believe staying with Paul Stewart too, so he he's in very good hands. Absolutely, you know, and, and a lot of the other dogs are with Linda Britton over there and Chris House, so um, really giving him some time to settle in. Some have been there for a couple of weeks, so I think that's why the Vicks have got four through to the final. Oh, definitely, and I know um, trialling and, and being settled in was a, a huge reason as to why um, Jeff Britton won those two group ones in the in the same night. Was it the um, Futurity and the Derby? Um, Yep. A little while ago at Wentworth Park, he made an effort to go and trial because he was yep. just so sick of getting beaten by dogs he knew could win these races. So, um, you know, it's a huge effort by these trainers. But I, uh, I'm i really struggling to pick who wins this one. I know Orson Allen is an absolute standout, but I think that the box draw has a huge role to play in how this is going to happen. And I think how uh, we've got... Um, we may as well quickly go through the box draw. In box number one, we've got Hecton Bale at $12. Box two, Kiss Me Linda at 51 Box three, 88 at 101 Hasten Slowly at $12. Dinah Patty, 5 50 Box five, Campini at $7.50. Box seven, Orson Allen at $2, who is our favourite. And box number eight is West on Augie. Now, I, I really think that Dinah Patty is drawn... Uh, quite well being on the outside of Hastings slowly. Watching the heats last week, the dogs really did seem to go straight to the fence. I don't know whether it's the different lure to what we've got and where the lure's positioned on the track, but the dogs really did seem to head towards the fence. And Dinah Patty, it was, I think it's just a testament to the confidence that she's running with at the moment. Mm. She came from behind last in her heat win, and that's something I didn't know whether she'd be able to do um, on a track she was unfamiliar at. But she is just flying at the moment, and I think she's a very good chance. But how can you leave out Orson Allen? I mean, no, he's definitely the one to beat. (laughs) Dinah Patty did beat him in the Maturity Classic, a Group One back in July. It's a long time ago, but she's still racing well enough to win this race. Should get a reasonably clear run, hopefully, as you mentioned and um, yeah she could be the danger but Victoria not having won a Perth Cup since 2015 so uh, the challenge is there and some handy locals with the likes of Weston Augie and Campini. Exactly. It only seems a month or so ago on Off the Leash when you were talking to Corey Grenfell about being unlucky in group races and trying to break through and suddenly now it's all happening isn't it? It comes in bunches yeah. Yeah no sure I think it's just uh, I think persistence is really paying off and I think Orson Allen's racing style has really improved in my eyes and I think, you know, obviously the dogs, as the dog's ageing, he's really, really improving his track sense and I think you can't underestimate track sense when it comes to these group races because you're racing the best of the best and you have to put your best foot forward. Doesn't turn three until May, so he's right in the peak of his yeah. sort of power at the moment. Hasn't won a Group One yet, Group Orson Allen. So no, this that's is crazy, his chance. Isn't it? it is. He's been <laughs> in quite a few, but this is his opportunity. And wouldn't it be nice? One hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the winner. Oh, Certainly one of the richest greyhound races in the world. Well, Orson Allen, impressive. Uh, but Tornado Tears was amazing. Here's a call of uh, the champ in uh, the heat of the galaxy.
the back straight and Robin says holy galaxy as tornado tears burns off the back in 29.64 we've got a track record coming up in behind it was West on Bamboo back on Lava Kenya Connor round the corner though tornado tears sparks are flying here at Cannington stops the clock 41.27 wins by 15 length second back on Lava equilibrium in behind it Kenya Connor West on Bamboo and last to finish was so it goes and has not only broken the track record has absolutely smashed it so I think the revised time was 41.25, it may yeah. have been. So explain to our listeners the fact that not only the track record was broken, but by so much that how impressive that, that is. Yeah, well, as we mentioned earlier, the, the new track at Caddington opened up back in 2016. So that's three years ago. Um, and t- a lot of good stayers have run on that track in that time. Yet Tornado Tears ran the quickest time by some six lengths, yeah. more than six lengths, almost seven lengths. So phenomenal effort. And look, he was the quickest heat winner by a mile. Um, just looks uh, very, very hard to beat at a dollar fifteen, Molly. I know you even said as well walking um, this morning. He could al- he could almost be a little bit, you know, not not short enough almost because to beat the track or- track record by six lengths and sit at a dollar fifteen, you probably. I just don't know how he can get beaten. I, I really don't. And you know, I've probably put the mocker on him now, but it was a huge performance. He also so that was his second look at the track. Mm. He had a um, trial. Um, the week before on Saturday night, I believe over 600, and he unofficially broke the track record there. So yep. um, we could we could almost claim two track records in in two weeks for Tornado Tears. John, box number four. I, I just don't see the box job being being an issue for him. I, I really don't. No, and once again, you know, Robert Britton sent him over to Perth early, giving him the trial, giving him every chance. Because I know when he went to to Queensland for a group final last year, he. He sort of went in a bit cold and yep. didn't perform um, in his heat. However, yeah, no, there'll be no excuses this Saturday night, and like, <laughs> you know, barring injury or something unforeseen. But he um, he certainly looks hard to beat. Oh, absolutely. And look, Robert has a great record with Galaxies, having won three um, in recent years, 2014 with Born Ali. Now, Born Ali is actually Bakali's mother, I yeah, believe. Yeah, Bakali's um, made this race too. Yeah, yeah that's right. so um, and Space Star in 2015, who is somehow related to tw- two Tornado Tears, I think. I think we're calling him um, his uncle or something or other. I think George and I may have stretched the truth in that regard. But, um, of course, Rip and Sam last year, Tornado Tears' brother. And Tornado T- uh, Rip and Sam, I should say, is in the care of Shane Williams at the moment. Unfortunately, he did miss the Galaxy series. He was went over, I think, almost a month ago um, to Perth in preparation for this. I think he dislocated a toe, so he, he isn't quite ready. And I believe that... Um, uh, New Zealand's almost on the cards for Rip and Sam, which would be really interesting to see what he can do over there. There's the um, I forget what distance it is. Is it seven seven eighty? It's or? a long way. It's a bloody long way, <laughs> and I think it'll suit him down to the ground. But um, I think Tornado Tears for me in the Galaxy this year. Just if you're shopping for value, instead of taking the dollar fifteen on um, to win the race, I think it's a dollar ninety over two and a half mentions of Batman by Peter O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, the over-under, I think, is two. Might well, be Peter, I hope out. you're listening. No, no, no. In fact, well, I put most of the late-night greyhound races from the West to Air on the weekend, and yeah. there are a couple of things, bless his heart, that he says that they never say in this part of the country. Always mentioning the buffet at Cannington, yep. which must be terrific. And I love how he often will tell the kids, get ready to run yep. as they're sprinting down the yeah. grasses and trying to keep up with the greyhounds. It, uh, it, I, it yeah. adds a nice touch to the I used the to call. do it at the Meadows at Cannington. Uh, Meadows and Cannington, when I, I was a young one um, over in WA. So, look, Pete's a, a fantastic caller and he, whenever you're listening to races in WA, or you, you only need to be hearing. It's, it's just WA's home.
It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. With Andrew Cues, Molly Haynes, Dash Shaw and Andrew Copley. Shortly, Angela Langton will take our call. But before we just quickly chat to Angela, um, you want to mention a big uh, Greyhound Community Day coming up at Sandown. Yes, so this Saturday, March 23, the Sandown Greyhound Racing Club are hosting another Greyhound Community Day. It's running from... 11.30 to 3.30. It is free like all of our community days are. There's dog washes, there's vet talks, there's anything you can name. There's also greyhound stores. So if you want to purchase a lead or a new rug or or bedding, it's a great opportunity to do that as well. There will also be 10 to 14 greyhounds available for adoption on the day as well, which is a huge positive. But registrations are essential. So make sure you go to gap.grv.org.au to register. We just mentioned the Perth Cup and one of the... uh Contenders in the races hasten slowly. Angela Langton joins us on Off the Leash. How are you, Angela? Uh, very well, thank you. Morning, Angela. It's Andrew Copley. Congratulations on getting hasten slowly into yet another Group 1. Molly tells me it's his eighth Group 1, which it's really uh, some phenomenal record he's building up here. Uh, wasn't the fastest heat winner, but, you know, I guess it was, uh, you know, he flew into state and all that sort of thing, and um, you would have been pretty proud of his performance. Yes, Andrew, it certainly was a good run. You know, going into the first corner, there were probably three other dogs sort of around him and he did have to make a run through them. So, you know, a lot of dogs wouldn't take that run, whereas he's the sort of dog that just charges through and, you know, somehow he manages to find himself in the clear around the first corner and once he sat on the leader, you know, bar injury, he was always going to win, I think, because he's very strong. Just a, an absolute seasoned professional. Come up with box four in the final. He's had seven starts from that draw for one win and three placings. So it hasn't been too bad from there, given it is one of the middle boxes. What chances do you give him on Saturday night? I guess he's just got to jump from box four. It's, you know, it's not an ideal box, but it's probably better than drawing five outwards. So it's a little bit closer to the fence for him. I guess the worry is having the dog in the six, the local dog, he does charge very hard to the fence and you know, tends to take a few dogs out with him. So he's just going to have to begin really well and hopefully if he can stay clear of that, you know, and find himself in the first couple around the first corner, you know, he's always a chance. Absolutely. Now, Angela, it's Molly here. We mentioned earlier um, about Hasten Slowly's consistent group race appearances. After having placed in five of those group ones that we mentioned, he finally snagged the Group 1 Brisbane Cup in December. Was it more of a relief rather than excitement initially after he finally got, you know, the Group 1 after being so close so often? Yeah, I guess it definitely was a relief. You know, the dog really deserves to win a Group 1. He's just a phenomenal dog. He just never, ever gives up. He just keeps chasing no matter what position he's in. And he certainly hasn't been had many favourable box draws in group finals. I think had he drawn a couple more better boxes, I think he would have had more than just the one group one to his name. But, you know, that's the way it goes. And you've just got to take the box draw as you go. But, you know, he's probably definitely due to draw a better box than box four. So it was a little bit disappointing to come up with the four, but that's the cards we've been dealt with so hopefully he can begin well and put himself in the race exactly now you've been jet setting all around the place for hasten slowly especially in the past couple of weeks obviously he's in perth at the moment and you'll be flying over on friday but you made your way to queensland a little while ago where hasten slowly was awarded queensland greyhound of the year now this is a huge achievement for a greyhound considering he only had six starts there yeah, look, it was a look. It was a fantastic honour to go up there. I was really humbled to win win it. I, I guess I was 
I guess, close to tears. And I don't think I've ever been like that before. But, um, you know, I just he really deserves deserves an accolade like that. He's just such a wonderful dog and such a, a phenomenal chaser. And, you know, they only have a few starts up there. I guess he's started in all their group races and he's won the group one, he's won their group two, and he's run second in their group one up there. So I guess he was going to be pretty hard to beat. But... You know, to come up with against all those local dogs that have, you know, done sensational as well and travelled and won races, it was a huge honour for him. And you know, I've been so proud to have him in my name and to have him in my care. But also having bred him as well, I suppose. And speaking about breeding, I'm just going to throw this one at you. So don't don't be don't be upset with me. But with an accolade like um, a Queensland Greyhound of the Year and so many um, races at Group One level, are you thinking a stud career for for Hasten slowly? Yes, I've had a lot of people ask me, actually. I think there would definitely be people that would want to use the dog at stud, so I will definitely put him to stud when he's finished or going well. He's just got the best temperament. He's, he's an amazing chaser, and I don't think I've... Besides Mapunga Blazer, we've probably never had a dog chase as hard in the kennel and just drive through the corner, and I think that's what puts him in such good positions in those group races. He just drives through, and nothing seems to worry him. He's just fearless in that way, and... I mean, he's a great size for a stud dog. I think the, the probably your top dogs are your smaller dogs. When you look at look back through your good dogs, your Brett Lees and your Fernando Bales, they aren't your very big 35-kilo dogs because the smaller ones seem to get get around better and they seem to hold up better. They don't seem to be as injury-prone. So, And he's just got an amazing temperament, the dog. He, he never barks. He's quiet. I think the only time he ever barks is at, at, in a stir-up in a race. But in the kennel, he's just a phenomenal dog. He's just the perfect animal, really, and he's just an amazing dog. So I think I don't think I'd have any choice but to put him to stud and to see if people want to use him. But he's got terrific bloodlines. His mother you know, made group races, and she was very strong, and she was a sensational chaser herself. And it's a very good litter, so... You know, I think the sisters won well over a hundred thousand dollars, and the other brothers won close to a hundred thousand dollars. And he's, you know, he's heading up to five hundred thousand dollars. So you couldn't not put him to start, I think. And everyone wants Fernando Bale at the moment. So, and you know, at his price, I think he's, you know, probably outpriced a lot of people. And to have a son of Fernando, I think that's what people are looking for. Exactly. Now you mentioned his breeding too. He's out of a greyhound. Well, probably one of my favourite greyhounds of all time, a little girl called Heidi Go Seek. Now she's sadly passed away, but I do have to um, give her a special mention. She's probably one of the, the main reasons that James and I are together. Um, she was the, the reason that James plucked up the courage to, uh, to you know keep me informed as to how she was going after I was lucky enough to be involved um, when you sent her to Perth with Linda. But she does have one more litter on the ground, and this is Tabasha Bale. They're, they're starting to hit the track at the moment. What are your expectations for this litter, considering the bar has been set pretty high after the first litter to Fernando Bale? Look, there's only five in the litter, two dogs and three girls, and we've started two girls already who have both won. Um, all five have broken in top top class at the breakers, so I expect, you know, I'll be disappointed if they aren't all city class. I think they will be all city class. The dogs are very big, so they're taking a little bit longer. We're leaving them a little bit longer to start, but I, I definitely would be surprised if they're not all city class and within the city. They, they look like they're going to be pretty good as well. Whether there's another hasten slowly in there, it's hard to say at this stage, but I really like Origami Angel. Uh, she broke in exceptionally well and showed a lot of pace, and I think once she really learns to race, I think, you know, she could could be a little one that may enter into group races. Hopefully, she looks pretty good to me. So hopefully we might have another hasten slowly, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. We'll wait to see what happens on Saturday, of course, in the Perth Cup. Angela, thank you for taking the call today on Off the Leash. 
No, you're welcome. Thanks very much, everybody. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Angela Langton. It's amazing, guys, that uh, we can interview trainers that might have 50 greyhounds, 20 greyhounds. There's always just one that barks. Yeah, and you know what? I reckon <laughs> just that's, one. that's my partner's dog, I reckon, barking Oh, in the really? Background. can recognise your voice. Do you know what? I can recognise that dog's bark because I listen to it every afternoon. Right. And every Sunday I get to listen to old Donald bark. He's a repeat mating um, to – oh, so he's the same breeding as Mapunga Blazer, who right. um, Jeff and Angela hold at stud. And that will be him barking in the van because he'll be wanting a run right about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, punters are barking because the watchdog continues to uh, do great things. Another successful week uh, for those either going to the website or the app, Andrew Copley. Yeah, that's right, Kuzi. So did very well, the Watchdog, in the two full stakes metro meetings last week or just recently. So looking at Sandown last Thursday, 7 out of 12 winners, including Bo Jem at $4.60 and Whip Allen for Corey Grenfell at $5.50. And then at the Meadows on Saturday night, the Watchdog picked 5 out of 12, including the first three legs of the quaddy. Fourth leg ran second, unfortunately, but got very, very close. Uh, so for your free form guides and expert selections on all Victorian Greyhound race meetings, simply download the new Watchdog mobile form guide app via Google Play or the App Store. Molly, our litter of the week. I found a, a, a bit of a left-wing one. It's an American Monster Major Crush litter. Now, this is American Monster's only his second litter as a sire he's got on the ground. This litter were born on the 8th of January. There were seven pups, one dog, and six females. Now, this sire, American Monster, is out of Nokonoris, father of mine. Now, father of mine is obviously the mother of I Got It, who won the Murray Bridge Cup, the mother of Nervous and Weird, the mother of My American Girl. We can continue on with how good this litter is of um, Andrew Paraskevers. So I was very, very interested when I saw this dog's name pop up in the Greyhound Monthly in the latest litters section. American Monster didn't quite get there for any group race wins. He did run second in the Shepherd and Cup. That's right. He had 52 starts for 23 wins and 15 minor placings. And I know that Andrew and Ashley Terry, who was also helping at the time, had a really, really big opinion of this dog. And I think it was only natural for him to head to stud, considering how good the litter was. Um, but Major Crush, the broody in this, she had 39 starts for five wins and six minor placings. She had wins over the 700 at the Meadows. So really looking forward to see what My American Monster can really throw in into the litters um, in the next couple of years. We'll wrap it up with our Gap Dog of the Week, Molly. I've found a greyhound by the name of Duke. He's a four-year-old black male, and he raced under the name It's All Baloney. Now, he had 55 starts for six wins and 17 minor placings. He spent time in foster care, which we've said is a huge positive because they learn the ropes of being a pet greyhound. The foster carer tells us that he loves ear scratches and belly rubs and just takes a little bit of time to get to know you, but when he does, it is well worth the wait. He's suited to a home with kids over the age of 10. He hasn't lived in a home as an only dog yet, but the Gap Girls do believe that he's probably suited to that situation. Um, he does have a mild heart murmur, the girls tell me, though. It requires no medication, but the vets have checked him over and he comes with all of his paperwork to know exactly what's happening. But um, don't forget, there are 10 to 14 greyhounds available for adoption at our Greyhound Community Day on Saturday at Sandown Park. Terrific. More information on the Gap and GRV website and social media. Andrew Copley and uh, Molly Shaw, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Kizzy. Thank you.